on this week's show. Folkestone victim manager Neil Cugley, your eyes are run in the FA Cup. It was a really good day, really good day, and we want to do it again, of course we do. But standing in their way are Corinthian. We hear from their manager, Michael Golding. We'll certainly be ready to give them a game, and then if we get that little bit of luck and we can take our chances when they come, then, then who knows? Andy Hessenthaler tries to find the positives after Dover's disappointing start. We haven't got a point in the two games, but I think we deserve probably at least two points out of the two games. And goalkeeper Tom Hadler hopes he's found a home at Maidstone United. The opportunity came up to come here and it, it was perfect for me. So to, yeah, to, to be down here now and working at it and stuff is a really nice, nice place to be. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast. Don't forget to keep voting for us in the Football Content Awards. We went over how to do it last week and we don't want to keep spamming you with it, but we appreciate every single vote. Look it up on social media uh, to give us a vote. Uh, we've got four interviews for you this week from four different divisions after a mammoth weekend of non-league football across the county. As always, I'm John Phipps, possibly the only man whose day will include both the Scaffold and World Champions France from a world perspective. And on the line now is a man who has already seen most of his hopes and dreams for the season disintegrate in just 180 minutes. It's Matt Gerrard. How's things, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. So, right, going out who France got this in the complete waste of time tournament because we know everybody's going to qualify anyway? Uh, Bosnia, I think they've got tonight. So, yes, France versus Bosnia and Herzegovina. So. Well, France is going to qualify. Oh, it should be a good game. So, um, look, again, anybody stands out, please let us know. We always like to see you. Any up-and-coming players that can play National League? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. I'd imagine none of these players will get anywhere near the Dover team, mate. No, they wouldn't want to do. <laughs> um, yeah, you've had a... Well, the positivity that I had, we'll talk more about it, obviously, as we go along, but it uh, wasn't the most positive uh, experience for you over the weekend. Um, have you recovered from that disappointment? Uh, positivity is Maidenhead, great club, very friendly. Their press lady there, so good. So um, helped our Davis press person who was doing it for the first time through it. So top draw for them. And the music played at Cravel on Monday was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. So they were the main positives from it, I would take, from the weekend. Oh, so it was one of those, was it? Yeah. But, you know, well, you know, it's the hope that kills you, doesn't it? So I'm feeling <laughs> down now. And then 2.59 on Saturday when we go to Orchard, I think, yeah, of course we'll get a result. Then I'll be happy. So, yeah, so it's the hope that kills you. Absolutely. Well, we will discuss that, as I say, uh, as we go along through the show. But in the meantime, it's our 180th episode this week. And I was pithily told to avoid the obvious number fact for that. So I'll tell you about the 180th meridian, which is the divider between the Western and Eastern hemispheres, a.k.a. the international dateline. It's also the number of degrees there are in a triangle, something which we were taught religiously in school. And until today, that has had no relevance whatsoever in my adult life. And 180 degrees is the name of an album by Gerardo who everyone's favourite online encyclopedia tells me is an Ecuadorian-American rapper, singer and actor uh, who became known for his bandana, skin-tight jeans, locking and shirtless torso. He sometimes refers to himself as the Latin Elvis, the Latin Frank Sinatra or the Latin Tony Smallhand Zuzio. I mean, what a man, Matt. Sounds like me in the 90s, that sort of get-up, I think, really. So, um, <laughs> yeah, impressive. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Of course. I thought we were going to do 180 so I can go. Da, 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 well, I was told, I was told we couldn't. Oh, hang on. I was told we weren't allowed to do that. I was told by someone that that needed to not be in it. He said, oh, I hope you're going to avoid the obvious, that person said to me. So I didn't want to do it. But, you know, it is, of course, the maximum score you can get with three darts. Have you ever hit 180, Matt? 
Yeah, yes, I think I've told this story before. A lot of my stories, yeah. I haven't got that many stories. So probably no. people listening to this have heard this one before. Yeah. When in my bedroom as a youth, I had a dartboard up, and I used to have a really enjoy playing darts with Dickie Smith down the road. But of course, in my bedroom, it wasn't long enough. It wasn't the right length of the hockey. Hang on, I just I need to. If awesome anyone hope. would like to clip that up, Matt Gerald said, "In my bedroom, it wasn't long enough." Yes. Thank so, you so much. That's a, that's everything we ever needed. Yeah. So it, the hockey, the, is it the hockey? It wasn't, it was too short compared to when you went to the pub or somewhere. So basically what you're telling me, you were brilliant at home and absolutely terrible in down the booth. Yeah, and I did get 180 once and I remember coming in, my mum who loves a hoover, she was hoovering my bedroom at the time and I was jumping up and down. So she was in the room, but she didn't sort of, didn't that bother because she liked hoovering. My mum, another story about my mum, when I didn't get out of bed, she'd come and hoover my bedroom like six o'clock in the morning to get me out of bed. So that's the sort of thing my mum does. So did so, but yeah, that, I've got it once, and 116 checkout is my highest as well. Oh, very good. I, I've I've hit a few 180s. So I used to play when my mum dad at the pub. He spoke darts quite a lot, so I've hit a few 180s, I'm sure. Um, and I can't remember what my highest checkout is. I think 113 was my highest competitive checkout. But um, yeah, I've I've probably done better than that. I I love playing darts, and I and I really miss it actually. We had a dartboard in our garden before we moved here. Um, but that didn't come with us. And, you know, it's one of those things I'd, I'd love to just get back into it and everything, but it's such a commitment these days. You know, I can't, can't guarantee them I'm going to be around every Monday night to play darts, can I? Oh, yeah, I do, I do like a game of arrows, though. So, again, I, I've one of these things that, yeah, I think if you practice, I think if you practice, you become a really good darts player. There was a book, a guy, a book out a couple of years ago, a guy who did his whole life was to become a darts player, and I think he got some, you know, top... 200 in the world or something but i think it's one of those sports that you can um do a job if you practice. yeah so darts and snooker Matt, I, I like they're sports i played a lot when i was a teenager and i and i kind of look now and think i could have taken this more seriously and then you know there's money to be out there you could i could have been rich and famous but i when i was a teenager i never had any of the commitment that i would probably would now have now and i guess that's a problem most people have yeah yeah I, I, well you might, if you're a professional darts player you can make a good life out of it, i suppose you Constantly on Sky Sports, so uh, good luck to him. So, but yeah, there's nothing out. 180, we had to go with that. We must have gone big on 147. We did the 147. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did. We discussed highest breaks and everything, didn't oh, we? Oh, yeah, so we did. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could watch a match on the telly because that's a bit boring, isn't it? But I did watch that. I did watch that snooker, though. You know, when that guy played his girlfriend or his ex girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I, had to, I, I stayed up and watched that late. It was, oh, when I was on holiday, you know, I thought, what the hell am I doing with my life at 11 o'clock, hoping that she was going to punch him in the face or something, but it never happened. The press wanted it, and people like me wanted it to, to do it. So. Of course, it's probably the most popular game they, they've ever had on. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Right, on with the show that we've prattled on for long enough. Uh, let's start with the FA Cup, where there was a tasty tie at Gay Dawn Farm on Saturday, where newly promoted Isthmian East South East Side Corinthian hosted Isthmian Premier League High Flyers, focusing in Victor. We're going to hear from both managers ahead of that tie. And let's start with legendary and Victor boss Neil Cugley. His side are unbeaten so far with 10 points from four games. And earlier in the week, he spoke to Matt, who began by asking about their good start to the season. Yeah, it could have even been better, really. But one of the, we had a goal on Saturday this allowed that was a perfectly good goal, went over the line. So that was a bit frustrating when you see that back on um, video, because obviously we had 12 out of 12 then. So that's been even better than any of us could have dreamed of. So... Yeah, but to have 10 points on the board is uh, is all credit to everybody. Did you have any aims? You know, you had some tough early fixtures, you know, the likes of Enfield and Worthing as well. So, is it exceeded your expectations? 
How difficult was it, you know, when was the last time you probably played November time and getting players back into the routine, etc. Like that? How difficult has the last sort of eight, nine months been as a, for you personally and the club? Um, well, it's easy. we've done so much work off the pitch that, um, you know, it kept us sort of motivated that we were changing the ground a lot and making things better all over the place that um, it, it went quite quick in the end, to be fair. And uh, once you get the players back and him smiling and laughing and enjoying themselves it's uh, off you go again did the players come back you know like these days come back nice and fit and raring to go you didn't have to yeah. really motivate them too much no no yeah, tremendous really not only my players I think that's generally now players do look after themselves as well so that that wasn't a problem and we had the we had what eight friendly games six of them were at home and financially they were good so um, you know all in all now we're right and off and running Looking at the table, you know, the season you've had the last couple of seasons, is the expectation at least to get in the playoffs this season? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, I think there's oh, good, oh, about 10 good sides in this league this year, you know. I think, you know, a lot of them have been well run in the past and, um, you know, financially they're okay. So it's going to be a difficult, you know, some really good games, you know. And to be fair, we've had good games already, especially, yeah. Uh, um, Enfield and the Worthing ones, they're, they're quality teams, you know, and, um, you know, it's going to be difficult. But first thing, get up to get enough wins that you know you're going to stay up and then go from there. That's always been my, my way. Have you seen it that a lot of players, you know, a lot of players stayed with the clubs they with were in before it stopped last time? There doesn't been much change of squads? Uh, I think a lot of them have strengthened, if I'm being honest. There's, uh, teams are now a lot stronger than they were last year. You know, teams like Lewis and that, they're, they're, they're going to be really you know, good side. So we, we're basically the same apart from obviously we've got Ryan Johnson in and uh, Addy Yusuf and that, that was who and um, Aaron McCann back. So I think even ourselves, we got a little bit stronger than last year. Yeah, thinking about your strike force, uh, Yusuf and Smith, uh, they've started scoring yeah. already. Again, that, they're going to be a threat to any team in this division, aren't they? Definitely, yeah, definitely, mate. They're, 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 they're a handful, you know, and uh, any centre-halves are going to come across them are going to have a hard day, I tell you. So, One thing that's impressed me is, is the gates you've been getting as well. 800, I think you had at the weekend. <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, uh, that is, I think that probably shows the way the folks in the, over the pandemic managed to get people going together. So, you know, that's absolutely fantastic for you, isn't it? That's no, tremendous. We, no, we never thought we'd, you know, obviously the Worthing game, we thought we'd get quite a few, but then to get that so many against the Enfield, and I think people are going over the ground and seeing what work we're doing, and, and we're still going to carry on improving the ground, you know, and the pitch is, is excellent, and we're just trying to get the OK to get the new floodlights uh, put in. So, you know, we keep trying to progress, and I think people are seeing that, uh, you know, focusing at long last, we're able to sort of move it on rather than sort of stay still. So hopefully we can keep it ticking along and keep getting the results. And, and I think people are coming along. Although it was nil-nil again and, and Phil, it was one. It was a very, very good game, you know, and I think people are seeing that and the, the, our league is good. Yes, yeah, so also this weekend, FA Cup, I think, look, well, I can back to me 
my memory. I think 2005, I think the last time Folkestone got to the first round, I think you played Chester, I think it is. How I did indeed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, funny enough, I was there. <laughs> yeah, 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 funny enough, yeah, yeah. I think you were a bit younger then, yeah. those were the days, wasn't it? So, there yeah, you go. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for <laughs> but yeah, but you, but again, how important is the cup for you? And, and it's a difficult one against Corinthian, who are, you know, a side who are used to winning yeah. football matches. Yeah, 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 that won't be easy. They're a good club, well-run club, you know, nice pits, nice people, and uh, that won't be easy. As you say, the FA Cup is... You've got a dream on that one. You've got to keep trying to stay in it as long as possible because, again, the finances and, and the glory of it. And, uh, you know, you want to stay in longer because you get the fans who come to your league games as well, won't they, then? So, yeah, it is important, very important. You know, it's a potential banana skin for you, Corinthian, as well. I say they've been decent in the Cups, doing well in the Vars. Have you just got to go there with the correct attitude because they'll be looking to cause an upset? Of course they will, yeah. <laughs> Good luck to them, yeah. That, that's what it's all about. They've already beaten Hive this year, haven't they? And, and, you know, so they're obviously not a bad side. So, we, we've, you know, we've got to be right on it. But as you say there, if my two forwards are on it, mate, they're going to take, they take some stopping, I tell you. And again, you know, you mentioned the years at the club. Again, would that be another dream to get to the first round of the FA Cup? Is that something you want to tick off again one more time? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. It's a great competition, isn't it? And uh, even that day at Chester, you know, when they were in the league at the time, it was a great, you know, great time going up there and staying overnight for the game and staying overnight for a bit of a, a jolly up afterwards. You know, what I mean, it, it was a, it was a really good day, really good day, and we want to do it again. Of course, we do. It sounded good there, Neil Cugley, Matt. A positive start, and I think it's going to be another good campaign at the Fullicks. Yeah, I interrupted him. He was doing his shopping. So I don't know if Neil Cugley can wander around the streets of Folkestone without people asking for photos or, you know, checking what's in his basket because he's an absolute um, legend, isn't he, at that football club? The, the, the longevity of it all. He's still got the hunger um, to do what he wants to do. They've got a good chance to get in promotion. Of course, we mentioned the FA Cup as well. But great start to the season. He's built a side up with very solid side with people who've been there a long while. So you have to admire him and really services to football surely there should be a an award for for, for neil cugley because not no there's not i can't believe in 50 years time that we or 25 years time that any of the managers we speak to now will still be in charge of that club it's just an unbelievable achievement and if he's, he's a bloody nice bloke as well exactly and and as, as like i say i think he he was just sound he sounded really relaxed there actually and and, and i guess that's part of Maybe why he's, he's been able to stuck with it for so long. Um, I, I, because I know, I guess it's one of those things for him where, um, you know, he, he doesn't rant and rave and throw the teacups around. He's just built a, a good, strong side and they do so well, don't they? Yeah, I think I think half the battle is now that off the field it's coming to fruition. You know, the crowds they're getting just under, just over 800 each week is unbelievable for Folkestone. So, you know, that they've had the hard graft of not being having financial issues, haven't they? They come out the other side and now a lot of people, and I'm speaking to a lot of people who who maybe want to watch Dover and things like that, are thinking, oh, I might go and watch Folkestone. It's a, a good standard of football. You're always going to be entertained. So they may be utilising, or even not necessarily Dover, but people who go and watch teams higher up the pyramid in the Football League, thinking, oh, there's a decent side here on our doorstep. You're going to see good action, a decent ground with a bit of entertainment, and that's the way forward. And you have to admire that for Neil Cugley because there must have been times in this spell when there were financial difficulties all over the place that is it worth carrying on? But that is really working to his advantage now. And they'll definitely be up there come the end of the season, I'm sure. And what an achievement. And I mentioned it to Alex on Monday. Could be, folks, them be Dover. Could be in the same league next season. 
I certainly could. And obviously, you say about about that, the, the crowds are, are bearing up, aren't they? And, and, you know, they are getting a lot of people through through the doors at the Footics. So, yeah, it's amazing. I think they've done the ground up and are just a little bit, just getting the feel-good factor around the club. And that's, you know, that is getting, can absolutely key in these kind of people want to go and be entertained and folks are really working it in their minds. Like a number of our clubs, they've really made it, you know, inclusive for people to come across. So, absolutely fantastic for them. Absolutely. Uh, we've heard from the visitors then in this cup tie on Saturday. So let's move on to the home side for the big game on Saturday. Corinthian, a mixed start to the season for them in the Eastman League South East. One win, one draw and one defeat. That defeat coming uh, on Monday at Cray Valley. Always interesting to find out how a team is coping with the step up. And that was the first question that I asked to Corinthian boss Michael Golding. Um, I think it's definitely a step up. The teams that we've played are probably three of the fancy teams, um, and each of them have been uh, a very, very high quality game uh, that we probably haven't experienced over the last couple of years on a regular basis. Um, but I think the pleasing thing for us is we've been competitive in each of the games. We've been in, in each of the games, um, and four points from the opening three games, probably at the start of the season, if you'd said that, we would have reluctantly taken it. Now that we've gone through those three games, we genuinely could have had any points total from two up to nine points um so it's a bit difficult to judge where we are at this moment in time but i suppose that the, the the standard you knew was going to be higher and, and you face some some good sides i mean look at that cray valley team on monday and that is a top quality side for that level isn't it yeah they were really good they're impressive they're, they've got a certain way of playing um and they've got some high quality players in their sides uh, and, they're, and they're probably up there with the likes of heaven that we've played in the last couple of years and they're certainly one of the best sides that we've come across but but like i say we <laughs> 1-1 was probably fair on the day we hit the post. It was a game of limited chances. We didn't take ours in the second half and they took their one chance. Aidan, our goalkeepers, had nothing to do other than pick the ball out the back of his net. But I think in this division, those are the fine margins, particularly at the top end, that we're going to find is the difference between step five and step four. I suppose the big thing for you is, you know, you look at your team and, and it's the same players that you've had the last couple of years. So I guess in some ways that's a strength and also some ways you might be thinking, well, is there any more quality we could add? Yeah, it, it works both ways. Obviously, we know exactly what we're doing. We've not had to have to spend weeks and weeks in pre-season gelling new players in. We've got we've got boys that have been with us for a number of years now. We've spoken about those boys numerous times. Um, found it hard with recruitment this year, being brutally honest. We um, making that step up. I thought players, particularly in step five, would want to maybe try and improve themselves at that level. And, and for whatever reason. Um, We've struggled with retention, uh, with recruitment, but the retention was good again. Um, we've lost one player, Adam, who's decided to stop playing football and focus on business, which is absolutely fine. Um, we've got a couple that are coming back from COVID and long-term injuries. So hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we'll see see one or two new faces in terms of what we've currently got. Um, but, but we were confident all along we didn't need to add a lot to what we had. But obviously, it's always nice to get one or two new faces through the door. And we, we are still working on that, but it has to be the right type of player. There's been some late drama already in your games this season, the first league game and the cup. Is, is it stressful for you on the sidelines at the minute? The, the first game certainly was. Um, I think the, the emotion and the adrenaline of the opening day of the season, you're away at one of the sides that everyone's predicting are going to be challenging for the playoff places. And we go 1-0 up with a very good free kick early on from Jack Mahoney and Hive then got on top of us in the second half. And, and then we win it in injury time. And it's probably, if you could describe the perfect start of the season, it, it was that day. Um, and then we, we rolled into Ashford and then Cray Valley and, and we were full of confidence and we will continue to be so but but yeah it is, um, it's rather stressful on the sidelines it is slightly different 
I know you said like you can see the, the differences already in, in the steps, but some of the teams at, at the very stop at the top of the scaffold that you would have played, it can't be too far off what you've already played in, in the Isthmian League, are they? Um, there is a difference from what we've seen so far. And like I said, we've played three of probably what will be the top six or seven sides. So so it's slightly fair to to, um, to judge the scaffold on that. Um, and I think historically people will always say the top sides in the scaffold will always do well at step four. And there probably is some truth behind that. And, and there's certain teams the likes of Chatham and Glebe when they get promoted and if and when they get promoted will spend and strengthen their sides. Um, I think that we're probably quite a good litmus test in that we've done very, very well for three years in the scaffold. Um, so if we can then go and do that again with all of our restraints that we've got, I think it shows how good we are as a collective, but also there is some strength in the scaffold. But it'll be interesting we play, when we play some of the sides that are maybe not predicted to be in the top half, and that will probably give us a fairer reflection on where some of the scaffold sides would therefore then sit. How do you feel? I mean, obviously, I suppose you were confident going into the season, but a bit wary. How are you feeling now, three games in? Do you, do you think you can you can manage to look at the top half of the table? Yeah, like I say, I, I certainly think that we'll be competitive. Um, we, we know internally where we're going to maybe come up short slightly, um, and we're working to rectify that, and we're looking at different ways that we can play to maybe improve on certain weaknesses. Um, but I think obviously beating Hive, drawing with Ashford, then losing to Cray Valley... And like I said earlier, we've been involved in all of those games. We've not been dropped 3-4-5-0. We've been competitive. We've stayed in games. And it has just been that little bit of luck and that little bit of quality. We had a chance against Ashford um, from the penalty spot. One-on-one with the goalkeeper missed the target. Ashford also hit the bar. So it was one of those games that both sides could probably argue that, that they deserve to win and would have been disappointed if the other won. Um, and then, like I say, on Monday, we, we hit the post. And then five minutes later, they go up and score with their one shot in the second half. So I'm, I'm certainly not stressing and worrying about where we're going to be. I think coming up, we've got the FA Cup and then we've got sitting ball and three bridges, which will probably on paper be a fairer reflection of where we're going to be this season. You mentioned the FA Cup and, and folks in Victor at home on Saturday. It, that's a good tie, isn't it, to play a team from the league above who are from the same county as well? Yeah, I think so. I think it garners some interest from from the press and hopefully we'll have a good crowd there as well. Folks have had 900 of both of their home games this season or just under 900. So hopefully they travel with a few and we we can get half decent attendance. And it's probably perfect in terms of us that we will always back ourselves and being at home, we know how well we can play on that pitch. And then it's a bit of a free hit for us. We obviously want to win. We obviously want to do well. And we will be complete underdogs. And, and we say that most weeks. And we will continue to say that probably more so than ever this season. Um, but, but we've had folks to watch, as you'd expect. There's nothing different there. Um, we know how good they are. We've, we've got a couple of areas that we think we can target. And if we can turn up on the day, again, there'll, there'll be a good side. But we've played good sides in the last couple of years. We've started with three very tough games. Bad shot, Lee in the FA Cup. We're a lot better than what I thought they were going to be after going to watch them. So that was a tough game as well. So we'll certainly be ready to give them a game. And then if we get that little bit of luck and we can take our chances when they come, then then who knows? Uh, do you look at folks in a bit and think, you know, that they're a little bit like you in some ways? Because they've got a lot of players who've been there a long time, obviously a very long serving manager. But the, the part of their strength is based on the fact they've got players who've stuck around it and you're in the same boat. 
Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there's some similarities, there's some clear differences, but but what Neil's done there is phenomenal over a long period of time, and he's assembled a squad that are competitive at the top end of a very competitive division, and to do that with the resources that he's got, and, and their whiskers away from being in the playoffs, or they're, they're competing to be into the, in the conference south, um, I think that's a, a tremendous job that he's done, and will continue to do so, and it wouldn't surprise me at all this year to see them in the playoffs again, and that's, that will certainly be their aspirations. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of what we've got, we are similar to them in terms of we've got that core group of players that, that stick together, that are mates, that work together, all those kind of things. And, and that seems to work for us. So we'll certainly be trying to, to ensure that that helps us on Saturday. And, and obviously the FA Cup must mean a lot to everybody at the club, but you, you, yourself included. Yeah, it's the biggest cup competition in the world and you can bring out all the cliches when you play in the FA Cup, but it is a very special cup competition and we're privileged to be part of that. Last year, we equaled the club's best ever run when we got to the second qualifying round and we, we narrowly lost to Hampton and Richmond 1-0 and if we can beat Folkestone, then we equal that again and, and we always set the boys' targets at the start of the season and the FA Cup's the complete luck of the draw. But we said we wanted to equal, and then if not better, the best FA Cup run. It's one of the only records in the last couple of years or the history of the club that we as a, a group of management and players haven't broken outright. And it's one of the targets again this year is, is can we go one better? Can we can we get to that third qualifying round? And we know the odds are stacked against us in the first qualifying round, but, but who knows? And obviously you'll be hoping for a big crowd on Saturday. Yeah, I'd like to say we're, we're then getting crowds of just under 900 and we got 160, which was good for us on in on uh, sorry against Ashford on Saturday. Um, I'm certainly hoping for a couple of hundred. If we can get up towards three, four hundred, I think that would be a very, very good gate for us. And, and if folks can travel well in numbers, then we could even edge up towards 500. But, but whatever we get there, we'll, we'll, sure, we'll make it competitive. We'll, we'll put on a spectacle that, that hopefully they'll, they'll get their money's worth. And I guess just find that there's a good feel-good factor around the club at the moment and you want that to continue. Yeah, absolutely. The, the boys were gutted after yesterday. I think that that's a mark of how far we've come and, and how much we believe that we can go on to achieve this year. And other managers have said about enjoying themselves at certain levels and that they don't want to necessarily put tags on what they want to do. But we want to be competitive and we will go into every single season and we did it in the Scaffold and we'll do it again in the Ishmael League that, that we want to get promoted and we want to be up and challenging those top teams. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but we will be aiming to be as competitive as we can throughout. And success for us could be finishing fifth from bottom this year and we would take that. But I'm an ambitious manager. We've got ambitious players. We've got quality in our dressing room that they are riding high at the moment. And like I say, they, they were gutted to lose 1-0. The effort the boys put in over the bank holiday weekend to then come away with one point from those two games. And like I said, it, we could have anything from two to nine points from our first three games and, and nobody could argue the toss if we had got any of those points. Um but yeah, the club's in a really good place. We've added Paul Sawyer to the management team, um, who was Tony Berman's assistant manager at Dartford, and his experience and his input's been invaluable for us. Um, we've added a scout this year, so I don't have to travel around visiting all the games myself. Uh, new physio, so it's just a really good place. And like I say, if we can have one or two at the right time with the right quality, then I'm sure we'll be on for a good season. He's a sly one. He says to me, oh, I've got a scout now. Do you know where he was when I was chatting to him, Matt? City right. ball against Faversham. He can't he can't keep away, can he? But they've got City Born in, in a few days' time, so he's obviously getting his scouting in. But it sounds like they've made a, a solid up because those were three tough fixtures at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah. I think the step up they had was great result they had against Hive. Ashford's I don't I think they I think if you'd have offered him what, four points out of nine in those two games, you know, he said he could have had nine, could have had two. 
he, he would have probably taken it. So, yeah, the step up from there. Quite interesting, the point he made was that he thought he'd be able to attract more players, wasn't it? Or better players. But um, interesting that he's kept kept his power to drive with what he's got. Um, and he's losing a couple of things. And that could really work to their advantage. And I, I still think they'll be a good chance to get in top end of the table come the end of the season because they're, they're used to winning football matches. So defensively, they've only conceded two goals in three games and he scored two. But, you know, it, it is a level above. And I, I think that I think they'll be in for a good season. And I'm, and I'm Saturday when I'm at the Folkestone, the Corinthian Folkestone game, which I'm looking forward to. I think it could be an interesting tie. And, and a it's a test for Folkestone. If Folkestone turn up and play to their best, I'm sure they'll win. But Corinthian will give as good as they get. Absolutely. And I think, uh, having spoken to Michael a few times, both on and off the record, you know, the, you mentioned about their solid defence. They've only scored two. I think goal scoring is is always going to be the difficult thing because uh, Luke Tanner up front is, is a workhorse. He's, he's a good player. He's, he's got plenty about him. But he's not an out-and-out goal scorer. And, and, and I think that that is a difficulty. When you're in the situation that Corinthian are in, uh, with their playing budget, it's easy to it's easier, sorry, to get good defenders than it is to get good ta- good attackers. I think you know because everyone wants a striker, everyone will be chucking loads of money at a striker, and, and, that, and that's where the, the difficulty is. But you know, it's reassuring when you look down at at the side at the side that's going out there. They are the players that got them into this league. You know that there's some really good players there, and I'll be interested to know, Matt, what who, who impresses you at the weekend. I'll send you my list of players that I think are, are half decent at Corinthian from what I've seen. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to, to see what you make of them and how they're going. But as he said there, you know, really tough starts to the season. When those fixtures came out, I'm, I'm sure he was looking at the fixtures thinking, God, have I run over a cat or something on the way to work? Um, but he, they've done well and, and I think they've, they've settled in and I think there'll be positives and negatives. He said, that, you know, they could have had nine points or they could have had two, but I think him and his players will have a, a more belief that they can cope at this level. Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking at their team lineup from Monday there. None of those names sort of ring a bell to me, but I'm looking forward to seeing them play, really, because the players that have been there a long time, I'm sure it's be a young, young, hungry squad to see what they can do. But yeah, we've, we've bigged them up here numerous times, haven't we? Of what they what they've done off the field and they've taken the level above. And it may take them a couple of years to get used to that level, but he says the crowds are standing up, 160. We're absolutely delighted with that. I'm sure there'll be a decent crowd on Saturday. Yeah, a club on the club definitely on the up, aren't they? So um, I've never been to the ground before. So all in all, I'm quite looking forward to it. It should be an interesting, an interesting, um, interesting day out for me, really. And I'm should be a cracking game of football. Yeah, and as you'll find out on Saturday, it is kind of in the middle of nowhere. So it's, it's a t- it's a tough draw to get people to come down there. But it's positive that the crowds are, are picking up for Corinthian. And the game on Saturday, Matt, I know we've kind of talked about it already, but it's got all the ingredients, if you ask me, for a cracking cup tie. Yeah, I think folks that, you know, folks that aren't going to sort of, we'll, we'll take them back to Cheriton Road. They want to put a try and do it on the day. And we know the likes of Yusuf, Smith, what folks that have got. As an attacking threat, and Neil Cugley, I think he said in the interview there, yeah, you know, if they play to their best ability, those two up front, they're a handle for anybody in this division and maybe even the league above. So, yeah, folks can go in as big favourites, but Corinthian done well in the Cups over the last few years and they've, you know, caused a bit of shocks against some of the Northern teams who expected to beat them. So, yeah, should be, you know, maybe the home advantage could work in Corinthians' um, favour. So, yeah, it should be an interesting game. And he said there he wants to he wants to at least equal the, the club's best ever FA Cup run. And as Neil Cugley said earlier on, 
he'd love to get up to the first round again before yeah. he he retires, whenever that may be, because I'm sure he's he's still got plenty of fight in him. But you know, I, I did enjoy when he said to Neil Cugley, by the way, I think it was to that. Yes, I was there. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. one of those. But it would be, you know, I'm desperate for a club. Uh, who's in the in this round to have a big run in the competition and it could be either of those the winner of this tie anything could happen for them yeah 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 it opens it up i'm sure you know they can see it yeah they can see that thing it'll be interesting to see what these again the cup's really important for these sides as well so of course yeah, we'd love to see a, a southeastern side a bit like cray valley get into that far as they did last season we certainly would. Uh, elsewhere in the FA Cup this weekend, loads and loads of fixtures uh, because we've got plenty of teams that are through. Uh, Kennington at home to Carshalton. Chatham will travel to face Abbey Rangers. Cray Wanderers will be at home to Sutton Common Rovers. Everything Belvedere at home to Chertsey. Ramsgate are away to Harrow Borough. VCD go to Jersey Bulls. Margate home to Tame United. Uh, Phoenix Sports against Chipstead uh, and Red Hill against Seven Oaks as well, and Sheppey against Marlow, Whitswall against Leatherhead. Some great ties there, Matt, and there's definitely some chance, I would suggest, for some of our teams to, to make it through. Yeah, um, my boy, well, my local team, Ramsgate, have had a good, great little start for the season. You say they've got a difficult uh, Harrow, did they say you got there? Harrow Borough, yes, they go yeah, to difficult Harrow. tie, but scoring goals. Um, Chidozi, who's played at a decent level, is coming banging them in and. Yeah, real sort of optimism around at Southwood. So let me just give you, I think, FA Cup. One, two, three. I reckon half a dozen should be able to get through, John. Yeah, well, I, I would say looking at that list, teams that I would think are obviously in and amongst the teams who should be getting through there. I would say Chatham have got a really good chance. Uh, Cray Wanderers will be expecting to get through there. Um, VCD will think they've got a good chance as well. Margate at home got a chance. And obviously, we've got another one on there. Phoenix Sports will probably think they've got a good opportunity as well. Um, Marlow must be a league above, aren't they? Must yes, be. I think so. Yes, that's a big tie for Sheppard yes, United. So they'll Sheppie be looking there, forward yeah, to that yeah. one. But yeah, plenty of excitement. Yeah. If you get the chance to go to one of those games uh, on Saturday, I'm sure you'll be in for some entertainment. And of course, there could be some replays uh, next week. We'll discuss that. Uh, next week as we kind of go along so um but yes we uh we're really really looking forward to seeing how the fa cup uh plays out over the course of the weekend and let's just hope we can get as many of our teams through as is possible uh we've also meant we've obviously mentioned folks in victor they had a continue their good start at the weekend uh with a nil nil draw at home to enfield who are also on 10 points on saturday which was followed up by a 2-0 win at merston uh, margate on saturday they're also still unbeaten, Margate. They drew 1-1 at Chesson on Saturday when Craig Wanderers were beaten at home uh, by Worthing. And it turned into a disappointment of a weekend for Craig Wanderers and Danny Kedwell because after his first defeat as manager, his second one came very, very shortly afterwards as they were beaten 2-1 at Margate on Monday afternoon. And the goal scorer for Craig Wanderers on Monday, Matt? Danny Kedwell. Danny Kedwell. So obviously uh, he's decided that he is going to don the boots. He might have been... Um, not fit or something in the early parts of the season, but he did start that game uh, on on Monday, and uh, he'll be disappointed. But still, a solid start to his first um, campaign in management. And losing to Worthing and Margate, well, there's certainly worse teams you could lose to in this division. Yeah, they had a good start to the season, didn't they? And now, I suppose you'll learn more from about your players after you've lost them rather than you've won them. Good start for Margate as well. Uh, you know, 125th year of the club there. Really pushing that. Um, I think they'll be absolutely delighted with their start of the season. So, yeah, yeah, Cray, Cray got a decent chance in the FA Cup this week. So, I'm sure they'll get back on the things. And, and, that, and I'm sure when Danny Kebble gets a settled side and if he decides if he's going to play himself more often, um, they'll be OK. But, yeah, a mixed bag after a great start first. 
good, brilliant first week. Not so good second week, I suppose. You look at it that way, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's probably a fair, uh, a fair assessment. Um, but yeah, they will definitely be able to get on top of, uh, on top of it. And as you say, you learn more about your team when you lose than probably when you keep on winning. So, uh, so yeah, it's one of those. But we shall, uh, we shall see how it goes. Um, obviously, a full program, two full programs of Ismian League Southeast fixtures. Let's just run through the results on Saturday. It was Burgess Hill nil, Phoenix Sports two. Corinthian nil, Ashford United nil, East Grinstead three, Whitstable one, Faversham two, Chichester one, Herne Bay six, Three Bridges nil, Lansing two, Cray Valley four, Ramsgate had a great result beating Hastings United by three goals to two, Seven Oaks they were beaten at home by Hayward Teeth, uh, Hythe won two one at VCD and Sittingbourne were beaten at Whitehawk, and then on Monday Ashford left it late but they beat East Grinstead by two goals to one, we've already heard it was Cray Valley one, Corinthian nil. Ramsgate had another excellent result, a 3-0 win at Hythe. It was Phoenix Sports 1, VCD 1, Three Bridges 2, Seven Oaks 2, and Herne Bay were the winners in the derby, uh, the Thanet Way derby, I think we call it these days, as they beat uh, Whitstable by two goals to one. And then on Tuesday night, Sittingbourne were 3-1 winners over Faversham Town. Obviously very early days, Matt, um, but so far, Herne Bay flying the flag with seven points, same as Ramsgate, uh, Cray Valley and Ashford. So the, all four playoff places at the moment are currently filled by teams from Kent. In fact, apart from Hayward Heath atop with nine points, they're the only team with nine points. And then the teams from second all the way down to eighth place are all from Kent. So a good start uh, for several of our teams. Not such a good start, though, uh, for Hythe, who've just got the three points so far, and Whitstable, who've lost all three of their league games. So th- they certainly will be looking for a bit of relief in the cup, shall we say, at, at the weekend, both of those teams. Yeah, yeah. I expected Hythe to be better, but you know, losing the last-minute game against that, but got through in the cup, didn't they? Maybe just leaking a few too many goals at the moment, Hyde. So that would be concerning to Steve Watt and Whitstable, yeah. Disappointing, um, yeah, disappointing start for them as well. But I'm sure they can bounce back. And well, good way to do it against Leatherhead in the cup. You know that will be a tough game. It will be. I mean, obviously they're, they're they are a league above, but they had a change of manager literally right on the cusp of the season. Um, just looking up their start, it's uh, not been brilliant. They've only won one out of their four, so there is an opportunity uh, mm. for Whitstable there. Yeah, good home Yeah, it was a good result. Yeah, Ben Smith um, working together, scoring goals. Zach Answer. Always going to score goals at that level, and that's a great result for them against Whitstable. And I'm sure the, the fans enjoyed that. I don't know what the crowd was down there. It was uh, more than 800, actually, was the crowd um, down brilliant. there on Saturday, uh, Monday afternoon. Sorry, so Fantastic. brilliant. And that's what bank holidays should be all about, as far as I'm concerned, because you know it's very, very important that, that people are coming in and watching all these games. And uh, yeah, I, I think fair play to everybody um, who's, who's come along to, to those games. So. Yeah, it's been it's been very good, and uh, obviously Sittingbourne and Faversham on on Tuesday night a good result for Sittingbourne. But both those t- teams have had a good start. That was Faversham's first defeat of the season. Sittingbourne their second win. They're both on six points, and and those two clubs as well, Matt, are, are clubs who've probably the last couple of years will feel they've underachieved, and and so a solid start for them. Yeah, I think Faversham will be disappointed to lose to Sittingbourne, I suppose. But yeah, could have could have gone top of the table, couldn't they, Faversham, if they'd won that game? But I, I'm hoping that. I don't know if there's been many midweek games. Are they doing that ridiculous cup competition this year? I don't think so. I think all ridiculous cup competitions have been, uh, have right. been kiboshed. So, so. And if they can arrange it so that you've got your big derbies, hopefully they have done, um, on the Saturday, and your mid, the other one, if you play in midweek games, hopefully there's not many, you can do it. So we we can see gates like 800, absolutely fantastic gates at that level. And I'm sure um, the Belmont was absolutely rocking 
And I'm sure the Herne Bay fans are absolutely loving it winning it at their local rivals. But a great of 852 at that level is absolutely top draw. Yes, let's move on then to the National League, uh, where the season finally kicked off on Saturday for both uh, Bromley and Dover Athletic. Bromley began with a defeat 4-2 against early pace setters Dagenham and Redbridge, uh, while Dover were beaten 2-0 at Maidenhead. Uh, but then on Monday, Bromley got off the mark with a 3-0 win over Eastley, despite Luke Coulson being sent off, uh, while Dover were beaten again 1-0 at home by Boreham Wood. Uh, and after that game, Matt spoke to Andy Hessentyler, who actually managed to find some positives, which I don't think Matt thought he would. So here is Andy Hessentyler. Can't really take too many positives today, can you? Uh, I can, because I've got an honest, honest bunch of players, to be fair, and uh, I don't think there's much in the game. They're going to be up there this season. I don't think there's a lot in the game. We scored that chance. Yeah, they had some chances. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I can take quite a lot of positives. I know we haven't, we haven't got a point in the two games, but I think we deserve probably at least two points out of the two games. But we didn't get them. Um, and like I say, I, I think uh, I can't ask any more from the players again today. I've just said to them now, proud of them the way they've worked. I mean, we just put, we put a 17-year-old kid on in the end. That's how things are going for us at the moment. You know, we've had COVID on the camp. We've had to take the captain off who's played two games in three days. He's had COVID. The right-back's had COVID. You know, we missed 10 days from training. Uh, and we're playing against a full, full-time outfit now, you know. So... And, and we was in there, like I say, you look at the players that they've signed, the Evans and people like that, you know, Bowden up front, he's a seasoned bros and we brought a 17, 18 year old kid on to go up there against them and, and we pinned them back in the end, they were panicking, they were time wasting, they were managing the game like I would. Um, and then we had, to, we had to deal with a referee that was absolutely, well, he just, uh, no words for him, embarrassing. You mentioned position you're in, you've got to take the chance to come your way, you had that big chance early doors, got a great good movement. Yeah. I think at times we just got sucked into the way they play. They don't play much football. They get it and they get it long. And perhaps we went a bit too long. We haven't got the players for that. Um, we just said that to me and the chairman. We were just talking about it. And, you know, I think that's where we lose Ryan Hansen through injury. You know, it is that link up from, from back to front. We all go and get on the ball. Um, and we had TJ and uh, Henry in there working their socks off. And, and not really. It was almost like difficult to offer himself in midfield because I've got to say they've they got good players you know and they, they pressed the ball really well but you know there's some good performance but Ben Williams is outstanding today and uh, his, his work rate and his link up play was really good but yeah you've got to take your chances when they come along and there wasn't many in the game for, I mean our keepers had to make one save they had a few half opportunities um, but generally we could have easily got something out of the game are you missing a, a target man up there on when you're playing today? Cosgrave, once he gets in behind, he look, does look dangerous. It's getting in behind against a couple of pros there. If you had a bigger strike, you think that would cause problems? Yeah, probably. But where do you get one of those from? We've got no money, you know. We've, we've the budget's done, and it's sti- when you when you when you're talking about a Bowden or a, a Marsh or you know a, a Blissett from Saturday, where do you, you know where can we get them type of players from? You know, we, we've got what we've got. Um, and we've got to keep working with them and, uh, you know, and persevering with them. But, you know, like you say, it's, uh, at times we, we played the wrong way today. We got sucked into that long ball and we haven't got the players for that. Yeah. Yeah, injuries now, you've got to pick up a few injuries. Hanson, Reader Johnson, you know, uh, other injuries today as well. Goodman went off. Are they all going to be struggling for the weekend? No, Raider was fit, but he couldn't. He, that's his first game in two years, so Raider's, uh, he'll be fit for Saturday. We just we just didn't see him playing two games in three days, and uh, but it'd be no problem for him Saturday. Goodman would be out, he's got concussion, so that'll be a mandatory, I would say, 10 days, seven to 10 days. Uh, Hanson's doubtful, he's got a really swollen knee. Um, 
So you're left back to the bare bones then again. Yeah, I thought the young lad did well when he came yeah, on. Yeah, terrific. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's again another bonus, isn't he? You know, chucked on and uh, in the, at the deep end really against a very good side. And, like I say, again, two senior pros up front in Bowden and Marsh, and I thought he, I thought he was excellent. And for his for his debut uh, in front of a, a decent crowd. I thought he held his nerve and done great. You know, of course, we'd love to be sitting here saying you've got six points on the board and we haven't. you just got to, you know, I don't want to keep harping back. you just got to do what you can do, isn't it, to get out of the position you're in? Yeah, and I think um, we'll, play, we'll play games this season where we've played, you know, not really deserve to get anything out of the game and, and, and we'll win. It, it, it happens, you know, and I, I, I still feel we, we deserve something on the board in these two games that we've played and uh, we haven't. You know, just at the end, they just want something to drop for us, you know, maybe a little bit of luck. Because to be fair, if you look the build-up for their goal, the ball comes into Ben Williams, he plays it round the corner, hits their fella, goes straight to their fella, he plays it wide and they score. Now, you know, for me, that's just a little bit it was unlucky for, for Willow there, but you need a little bit of rubber to green at times and uh, hopefully that'll come soon. Well, he's trying to paint a picture, but it, if things are that bad, Matt, it's going to be tough, isn't it? He, he says there's no money to bring any other players in. These are the players we've got. We've had to put a 17-year-old on. We've been hit by COVID. We're, we're 12 points behind everybody else. It's, it's not great, is it? No, I wouldn't be concerned in these opening two games because you play against Maidenhead, who will be nowhere near the relegation zone, and you'll play against Bourne Wood, who will be nowhere near the relegation zone and maybe top end if they can um, get strengthen out their squad a bit. So we're playing sides, um, you know, are they bonus games? Probably you want to pick at least a point up against them, I would have thought, rather than necessarily winning. But my concern really was that We've got minus 12. And if we didn't have minus 12, you think, oh, we've got, it's a long way to go. But and I try and avoid saying it in the interviews all the time when I speak to them. But it's in the back of your mind, minus 12. And it's going to be an absolute slog to get that. And we somehow we need to get off minus 12 just to get to minus 11, isn't it? Just to sort of get that monkey off your back. So the performances at the weekend, we had a lot of the ball. Uh, lack of quality in the final third. Lack of creativity in the midfield. Um and I felt maybe both times that Maidenhead and Bournemouth could probably go up a level if we'd sort of dominated, if if they Dover got back into the game. So it sounds yeah, to me like the, the the worry, Matt, is is the creativity. And, and you did say to me when we spoke on Saturday that you know Maidenhead seemed happy to give you the ball because yeah. there was kind of a feeling that there wasn't much you were going to do with it. No, no. And Amy Hassel has got. We've got a lot of wide players, and we're sort of playing a four-three-three formation. So. My thinking is the midfield Woods and Bramble, you know, I'm sponsoring Bramble shirt, but they've both been really poor first game of the season. If we went back to the standard 4-4-2, you know, you've got a couple of wingers in there, DaCosta, um, Gregory, or I like, Arthur, maybe you could play that formation and try and spread the play a bit and get it into the box. And Ricky Millo, you know, everybody Dover loves, but in the first two games I've seen, that's not the Ricky Miller of four or five years ago. And, because of various reasons, which we won't go into, he, he, his career is stalled. Um, he's come back to Dover, and he doesn't want the ball. He doesn't want to chase after the ball over the top to do it. He needs his feet to go past people, and he did that on Saturday in good effort that went wide of the post. So you, you may have to play it to him a little bit different. Or, you know, when he scored all his goals, you had Payne up with him and Lafayette. You need somebody to do the donkey work for him and get him in which we haven't got because we've got pace in attack with Cosgrave. I don't think he's done okay in a couple of games, but 
you know, you know, I like an old fashioned lump up there. We haven't got an old fashioned lump. And if you lump that ball up, people like Alan Massey, Will de Havilland, Will Evans and Jamal Fifield are just going to mop it up all game. And that's what they did. So, um, do you think with you Miller, you, you talk about Miller and, and say, obviously, he's not the player that he was four or five years ago and it's all been well documented. Two games, yeah, but, yeah but, it's, it, but do you think the hunger is there for him that, that he wants to get back to that? And, and I guess that's why he's joined Dover Athletic. Yeah, I, I think I think he probably owes the club from what they backed him and his previous issues he had. So I think there's something in there. But you've got to play to his strengths. And Chris Kinnear played to his strengths and he scored all those goals and got his move. So I think he's just working it out. And after, we have had t- 10 days off because of covid um and things like that so yeah yeah as somebody said if we'd have lost three two both games john you'd have got positives out of it but as yeah. we didn't score any goals um well, te- technically technically monday you did score in the wrong net yeah um but- yeah that's, <laughs> that's, yeah but that, that's that's what i would say if you lost both games three two and, and one of my mates rang me afterwards and said you've seen dart i've only seen dartford once and you've seen Dover, who would win from what you saw Dartford and Dover? And I'd have to say Dartford would win because they've got a midfield who have got a bit of creativity. You saw us saying you've got, you've got Murtag in there who played for Bournemouth and wanted to stay at Bournemouth from what I gather. Or, you know, the situation's changed. They went full-time. He couldn't do it. Good players. And that's the difference. Defensively, Dover doesn't look too bad. You know, they're given terrible goals away, but standard start of the season. But it's the creativity in midfield that somebody driving from midfield, and that's what I expected from Bramble, because at the back end of last season, he was doing that. And I thought, he'd, you know, but he just seemed a little bit off it. And, and as Henry Woods, and my concern about Henry Woods, you know, Gillingham haven't got many players at the moment, but he, they've sent him out on loan. Because, you know, and you think about that, maybe yeah. they don't think he's that level and he's coming to Dover. But maybe learn his trade and he'll go back into the Gillingham first team. But, you know, Gillingham haven't got many players and they've loaned him out. And, and they just look a little bit lightweight in midfield against some of these players. Like Mark Ricketts, 36, you know, wins the ball, moves it on. Simple, simple, simple. And and and, and um, made Nibbles the same. But, you know, I don't want to get bogged down. I'd rather, if we're going to lose Saturday, lose 4-3. We need a bit of positive. A goal would be a positive, you know. So, but we know it's going to be. You can't see how we're not going to get 12 points back, you know. Mm. The games you've got coming. you got all team on Saturday. You know, decent outfit last season. Home to Chesterfield, and everybody's already written that off. They're not going to beat Chesterfield, so you need to get all where we. It's get important to get something to to bring something back, be it a goal or or whatever from something Saturday, just so. a bit of positivity. I, I know, and it's you know, Andy Hessenthal. To be fair, he's positive about the situation. It's just when, as a fan, you're thinking about it because it's always in the back of your mind when you look everywhere. Minus twelve, minus twelve, minus twelve. We just need to get off minus twelve. Absolutely. Yeah, Altrincham away on Saturday uh, for Dover. It's, it's actually Altrincham's first home game of the season due to the unique nature uh, of the National League. They've played two games so far, a, a win at Torquay, who've had a stinking start, uh, and a 2-0 defeat at Halifax on Saturday. So, uh, interesting test that one uh, for Dover. We'll see how they get on. Uh, Bromley, meanwhile, travel to Chesterfield on Saturday, so that will be a tough one. Uh, Can I quick for- say, John, that Dover's secretary, Frank Clark, he had a stroke at the weekend. I spoke to him yesterday. He is getting back to, to full health, but he won't be at football for a while. And he's a top bloke, Frank. And Neil Cugley, we spoke, when I spoke to him, I let him know about Frank and he said about it. So uh, I don't know if he's probably a lot listening, but um, if you're a Dover fan or a Folkestone fan, you know Frank Clark pretty well. He's down in these sort of parts. He's sort of a 
administrative legend in local football. So we wish him all the best. Yeah, get well soon, Frank. So, yeah, sorry to hear that. And, and I'm glad to hear that you're able to take calls from, from supporters uh, to, in, in your recovery. But yes, uh, do get well soon, Frank, and take care of yourself. Uh, internationally South then, where uh, the game on Monday between uh, Tunbridge Angels and St Albans was abandoned uh, right at the end. Horrible, horrible injury uh, to uh, St Albans defender Devante Stanley. Um, apparently he went in with a challenge uh, and was just screaming in agony with his ankle. And the game ended up, it was only five minutes left to go in the game, um, but he was taken to hospital uh, and was been no update on the, on the seriousness of it. Uh, but a, a really, really horrible incident for everyone. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. Again, yes, I, I saw it because I kept looking back and saying it was still going on 90 minutes. So five minutes to go. Um, apparently, Tunbridge did a really good job getting making sure that the um, ambulance is in. And again, they couldn't carry on with the game because... You couldn't get on the pitch. I'm surprised that they're replaying the game with that amount of time to, to go, but maybe that's the, the protocol. So St Albans will have to do it again. Yes, they will. Um, so, yeah, but, but but obviously obviously, best wishes to him as well, uh, Devante. Now, but elsewhere at the top of the table, there's all sorts going on. And if you're of a Kentish persuasion, there's a lot to be excited about because the top three in this division after the end of August are all from Kent. Dartford played 4-1-4. Maidstone played 4-1-3, drawn one. And Epsom United played 3-1-2 drawn two, uh, played three, one, two, and drawn one. So all unbeaten, all flying high. And on Saturday, uh, Maidstone United kept their first clean sheet of the season as they beat Billericay 1-0 at home. Friend of the show, uh, occasional Gerard standing. Alex Hode was at that game. And after the game, he caught up with Maidstone United's new goalkeeper, Tom Hadler. We had a bit of a yeah quiet first half. Um, from a personal perspective, the uh, boys in front were very solid. Um, I think we controlled most of the game throughout. Uh, I think yeah, first half we probably <clears throat> could have imposed ourselves a little bit more on the game and played with a bit of a bit more of a tempo. But then uh, yeah, in the second half we actually did that and we came out and um, took the game to him a little bit more. As such, I had a little bit more to do second half, but. Um, yeah, it was just a really good good day, good result. Grind out a 1-0 win. And from a goalie's perspective, you can't be happier. That's very true. Um, I guess clean sheet as well. When you move to a new club, as you've done, um, and there are some experienced players in the defence as well, it takes a little while, to, I guess, to, to build up that, that camaraderie, that, um, that rapport and the, kind of the, the knowledge and the communication takes time. Are you, are you getting that way? Are you there already? Is there still some work to do? Definitely, definitely. I mean, it is. It's, it's, it's a lot easier when you've got George, Hello Kobe, obviously, and <clears throat> Joe in front. Um, they're a pair of warriors and, they're, and I think we've already got a good understanding between the three of us as a, as a proper solid little unit. Um, and then obviously the boys outside of that, Gav and Rafe and Jake sitting just in front of them. Like it's a... Uh, Organisation-wise, we seem to be doing very well and bonded very nicely, which is obviously a big, big part of it. Um, obviously, then you you rely on that bit of flair at the other end to go and score. But if we can be solid at the back and create those good partnerships and relationships, then that's always going to be a good basis to work from. Okay, Maidstone, the latest club in you for Kent. You've been, been to a, a <laughs> yeah. few a few clubs down the down the years. How are you uh-huh. finding it here? Is it everything you dreamed it would be? Yeah, I think um, yeah, so far so good. I mean, I'm not one to get too ahead of our, ahead of myself and just try and take it game by game and keep getting good results and playing well myself. Um, 
but yeah no it has been and obviously I spent a lot of time at Gillingham and, and didn't quite get the opportunities and game time that I wanted there so to, to step out and come down a few leagues and actually get that game time has, has been really valuable and obviously last season was a bit sketchy in terms of everything with Covid and stuff for absolute so it didn't really happen um, and then yeah yeah, the opportunity came up to come here and it, it was perfect for me so to yeah to, to be down here now and working at it and stuff is a really nice nice place to be mm-hmm. last time Maidstone started the season with three straight league wins they went on to win the league <laughs> and gain promotion what, what are the goals for this season okay, it's got to be the same I think um, we set out every every year and, and every team but obviously we've got very realistic and very ambitious aims to go and win the league and if we if we fall just short of that we'll be in the playoffs and we can go and try and tr- get get up through that route um, but certainly promotion is, is our is our target and everything we want to aim for um, it's just a, a question of making it happen and taking it taking it game by game I think because that's been our motto so far and just not getting ahead of ourselves and making sure we prep properly and, and perform when we needed to mm-hmm. Okay so Dartford, Ebsley and Maidstone three under, unbeaten teams mm-hmm. all from Kent are we are we set for a ding dong ding battle throughout the, the entire season? Do you think? I think we are. I think they are. They're going to be good sides. Dartford last year before it all got um, curtailed, they were they were looking very good. Um, got some very good players. Same with Ebbsfleet again. Um, very full time setup up there. They've got a lot of money. It's, it's a very um, yeah uh, sort of ambitious place. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good league. Obviously, Dorking uh, again are going to be another side up there. So it's it's a nice competitive league. There isn't going to be one team that runs away with it. I don't think everyone will battle it out. Um, yeah, and as long as we were up there in the mix all the way through, then I think we've got a good chance. Mm. I'm interested. I'm going to ask. You don't have to answer if you don't want to, but what's it like as a goalkeeper having played everywhere else and now coming to Mainstone to play? What's the difference in terms of the playing surface? And the um, for, yeah, I mean, uh, you, you get quite used to, to the 3G. Um, I think that from that perspective, it's... <sighs> Obviously, we train on it every day, and a lot of teams are making the switch now. And I, I went drop down to Eastbourne for a bit, and they were three G as well. So you, you do get used to it. But then other pitches, other three Gs are different. So you, you have to just get used to each one and, and take every game on its merits in terms of the surface. Um, but from the perspective of, of sort of beyond the pitch and, and that the club itself and the, the fans, it's, it's not like nothing I've ever experienced at all from a playing perspective. Um, I think the the first home game against Hemel and I was screaming at the back four and I, they couldn't hear me and because it was rocking and, and that is an amazing like, experience to have and sort of to be part of so yeah if we can keep that going then that would be fantastic Thank you to Hody for that and thank you to Tom Hadler as well for his time after the game once and it was quite a long time after the game had finished as well uh, but before we talk about Maidstone generally, Tom Hadler is a, a good goalkeeper, and and you know they say goalkeepers are unique and can be a little bit of the uh, a little bit at the bottom of the IQ spectrum. But he sounded like a very eloquent and intelligent young man. Well, I think he goes to the same university as Hody, so he must be intelligent on that. So uh, on that, yeah, I think he's got a sports science degree. Yeah, he's one of the strike. When he look, you know, I think he was um, with Ebbsfleet sort of swapping it, swapping and changing their goalkeepers every week last week. That probably didn't do him any favours as he not get any game time. Uh, Maystone have picked him up. I think he's a decent goalkeeper at, at that level. Um, it's experience at this level, which absolutely helps. Um, and Maystone will be absolutely delighted with the start they've had at the start of the season. So I think Hadler's a, he's going to get game time. He's going to be the number one. Um, I like the look at their defence with the experience they've got in there. Joe Alou, good player when he was at Maidenhead. We know what Ella Kobe's going to bring. Um the guy who was at Arsenal at fullback, I can't remember his name now. Um, 
Gibbs, Hoyt, Hoyt, not Gibbs, Hoyt, yeah. So, you, you know, if they're going to be successful in this league, build from the back and they've got goal scorers as well. So, yeah, Tom Adler's a good goalkeeper and I wouldn't have been too dismissive if David signed him in the summer because I'm sure he knows Andy Hessenthaler and a solid go- solid goalkeeper at this level, I think, um, is, abs- is absolutely crucial and um, I'm delighted for him as well. And hopefully he can get you know, more game time, which I think he will, than he did last season when he was at Epsley. Yeah, so as well as going to the same university as Alex Ho, Tom Hadler also went to the same school as I did. Uh, however, we would, our paths wouldn't have crossed, seen as he's, uh, seen as he, I left school when he was three. So uh, we wouldn't have come across. Oh, each so, other. So, yeah, so yeah, I think he's a, you know, again, interesting said about that when he said about Gillingham, he didn't think he got the the, the game time that he probably deserved, um, and he's working himself back in the non-league game. And Maidstone is a proper club to go to because. If you're successful there, much they lovely Wargan in goal, you know the, the fans will take to him straight away. Uh, despite his, you know, his Gillingham connections, I think, um, yeah, I think he's a good a good goalkeeper for this level. And I, I think he was well thought of at Eastbourne, wasn't he, when he was there? He was, and obviously Maidstone have have made a really good start. Uh, they, after that one 0 win, uh, they drew one one at Hampton Richmond on Monday. But uh, I said all along, I think they're they're a bit a bit under the radar with. Everyone tipping Dartford and everyone tipping Ebbsfleet. But I think Maidstone will be there or thereabouts. And, and Tom Hadler's up for it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think I think he knows that he knows the quality of the Ebbsfleet squad as he's for it. And he's seen Dartford the last season. I think it's going to be a, a tough test. But there's no reason why they can't get in the playoffs with the players that have got around him. And Hakenay Rettin is the kind of character who won't let the players drop their levels. Um, so I'm sure they're in for a good start. And they've had a good... Had a couple of difficult games, but winning both your games at home at the start of the season that is absolutely crucial as well. So, um, and you know, I think they'll be disappointed on Monday when they scored an after eighteen, then conceded a minute later. So maybe work on that a little bit. But um, yeah, all in all, great start to the season for them. Yeah, the other results over the weekend: Dulwich nil, Dartford two on Saturday, Ebb Street three, Hemel Hempstead one. Uh, and Tommy Jones with three one winners at Hungerford and St Albans beat Welling United 5-0, which was a disappointment for Welling. But they did bounce back on Monday with their first win of the season as they beat Concord Rangers 2-1. We've already heard about Tommy Jones' game being um, abandoned against St Albans, Hampton Richmond 1, Maystone 1. Dartford made it four wins from four, though, as they beat Eastbourne Borough 3-1, while Ebb Street were held to a 0-0 draw at Chelmsford. Uh, but a really good start for our teams. Big test coming up for the Darts on Saturday as they travel to face Bath City, um, while Ebbsfleet are at home to Haven and Waterlooville. Maidstone travel to Oxford. Tunbridge Angels are at home to Hampton and Richmond Borough. And Welling United are at home to Slough Town. And what a massive relief it must have been, Matt, for Steve Lovell, when after conceding 13 goals in the first three games, or sorry, 12 goals in their first three games, without a point, Welling United got their first victory of the season. Yeah, I think it was... Probably good for Steve on that one. I saw, I think you texted me they were 3-0 down after 10 minutes or something at St Albans. So I think they brought a lot of players in again. Um, I'm led to believe, you know, the money's maybe not there as much as it was. Um, Mark Goldberg's still the owner. so But Steve's going to have to cherry pick his players, find players. But we know he can improve players as well. So there might be a continued up sort of turnover of players. But it'd be great if they can get back-to-back wins as well. But yeah, please for Steve Lovell because he's one of the good guys and it. He'd have, any, he would have, you know, he would have been hurting after the. Well, I, I hate to think what he was thinking after ten minutes again against St Albans, but good to bounce back there as well. So I'm delighted for him. 
Yes, of course, plenty going on in the scaffold uh, over the bank holiday weekend as well. And we should really start by talking about the game. We previewed it extensively last week. 734 people crammed into Home Park uh, in Sheppey on Saturday afternoon. And they, most of them were probably disappointed uh, at half-time with Jack Evans' penalty and Charlie Dickens giving Chatham Town a 2-0 lead. But Sheppey United hit back Jack Midson, Ben Wilson and a late goal from Michael Hagen giving Sheppey the spoils, all three points. And that's a massive morale booster for them, isn't it? What, what, a, what a game that must be. What, what an occasion. I bet, you know, you could sense it when he got it 2-2. I'm sure the um, Sheppey fans were, you know, sucking that ball in the net. I mean, I always bet there was probably scenes on and off the pitch when, when that went in. Big, big result for Sheppey. Gives them confidence for the FA Cup on at the weekend as well. Yeah, Chatham will be disappointed. Um, didn't lose too many games. 2-0 up. Maybe have to see it out a bit, but cracking result for Sheppey and, and, and a fantastic crowd as well. Yeah, gives them a little bit of a buffer, John, as we mentioned as well, doesn't it? It certainly does, and that's a that, and, and it's, it's a it's a confidence boost. It's a marker laid down, and now Chatham know that they've got to uh, they, they've got to bounce back somehow, and they've got to cut the gap to to Sheppey because obviously Sheppey would have. Uh, taken that on elsewhere in the Premier Division on Saturday. Crober one, Fisher one, Deal Town one, Irith Town two, Hollands and Blair nil, Tower Hamlets three. It was Homesdale three, Beersted one, Kennington two, Glebe two. Uh, Kennington coming from two early goals down to get a point there. A hat trick for Victor Ayabola as K Sports beat Lords with three two. It was Punjab 2, Rustall 2, and we've already heard about Sheppey United's win over Chatham. Then on Monday, uh, Beersted 1, Kennington 1, Canterbury 0, Deal Town 3. Picking up a good run of form away from home, Deal Town. It was Chatham 3, K-Sports 0, Irith Town 1, Homesdale 0, Fisher 2, Tower Hamlets 0, Hollands and Blair 0, Sheppey United 1, Lawswood 2, Punjab 2, Rustall 0, Crowborough 2 in the first part of the Groundhoppers doubleheader. And then it was Tunbridge Wells three, Wellingtown nil in the second. And it's all starting to shape up in the in the scaffold, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, I could see everybody's got points on the board now um, as well, which is the most important thing. Again, craziness of it. You know, you got some teams who played three games and some people who've played six games. So, um, you know, maybe Wellingtown are in a, in a bit of a false position at the bottom there. Deal, good please for them. You know, could do it. Would like to do it at home. Chatham, though, it's, I know it's early doors. Seven points behind, but they have two got two games in hand. And Glebe starting well for, you know, I drew it the weekend, but uh, four wins. I thought it was interesting on, when we go back to Michael Golding there. He he mentioned Glebe, didn't he? He didn't mention Chatham and Sheppey. I think he mentioned Chatham and Glebe as the teams that sort of he thought could come up. So all the pressure on Sheppey. Well, it's probably more pressure on Chatham, isn't it, after that start there? But Sheppey, you know, have had a great start to the season, I have to say. So, um, yeah, all in all, yeah, it's taking shape. I'm delighted for Tunbridge Wells. At least they got a result again at the weekend after their sort of tribulations and from there still no nil nil has there been a nil nil yet uh, not in that division I think there's been one in the in the uh, in the first division but no none in the premier division as yet um instantly as Matt said there the league table we have from Belvedere of a third they've they've got the only 100 oh, record yeah. uh, in that division their games both called off at the weekend due to COVID concerns but I think uh, we spoke to Marlon Patterson I think they're going to be a threat throughout yeah, the course yeah. of the I season didn't even mention them did I looking at that so you know 100% record what a fantastic league this is. It's you know, brilliant, isn't it? People like, you know, Steve King will be delighted. Top, you know, early five gave guns. They're in sixth place, three wins. You know, you know, they'll be trying to bloody the noses of a lot of sides. But yeah, the big boys are up there, aren't they? So yeah, great season this is going to be. This is going to be two in and throwing all over the place. 
And it's just to confirm, Irith and Belvedere's Cup tie against Chertsey Town is on Sunday. Uh, they're at 12 o'clock kickoff because uh, they part of Europa Welling play. Uh, so if you're at loose end on Sunday, that's a good one to nip, nip along to. Uh, Premier Division fixtures in the scaffold Canterbury against Beersted, Fisher against Tunbridge Wells, Glebe against Tower Hamlets, Holmesdale against Crowborough Athletic, Punjab United against Irith Town, Russell against Hollands and Blair, and Wellingtown against Lordswood, which is a clash of the bottom two at the moment. So that's uh, an interesting one uh, for those those games all taking place on Saturday into the scaffold First Division. Uh, then and on Saturday again, lots going on there, including a result which really did open my eyes wide. But it was Chessington Hook two. At Snodland Town, nil. Croydon, one. Kent Football United, one. Larkfield and Newhithe, four. Tooting Beck, two. Meridian VP, nil. Lewis and Borough, three. SC Thamesmead, two. Greensways, nil. Stansfeld, five. Staplehurst Monarchs, two. And the result, which really uh, did get everybody talking, uh, Lidtown, two. Westside, 10. Uh, Westside, obviously not in, in the Kent patch, but I'm sure they'll be very, very happy with that one. New to this league, uh, an away win by 10 goals to two. Quite incredible that, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, I emailed my, I texted my mate and said, oh, I showed him the result and he said, uh, I'm not going to um, text my nephew. It's just not fair for him because he did score in it, but he did. Yeah, he didn't want to speak to him. They did bounce back on Monday though with a win and a clean sheet, which I think um, was the vital. manager must be over the moon at. Yeah, but that's the crazy result. I don't, I Four of those goals happen. in the last seven minutes for Westside, so it all went it all went to to, to pot towards the end. But uh, yeah, quite some result for that. Uh, you mentioned Monday there, as you said, Matt Lidtown. Did bounce back with a 1-0 win at Staplehurst Monarchs. Elsewhere, it was Bryden Ropes 1, Meridian VP 2, Greenways 1, Faversham Strike Force 3, Kent Football United 1, Stansfeld 3, and Snodland and Larkfield New Highland, unfortunately, both thrown out of the scaffold after their game finished in a very untraditional 0-0. Uh, 341, though, the attendance at Snodland on, on Monday. That is stunning for that level of football. Unbelievable, yeah, yeah. But somebody needs to have a word with them. We don't do nil nils in this division. No, so. I, I don't know who you are, Lockfield and Newhive, coming up to this yeah, league. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, and you come and you draw nil nil. Yeah, we don't need clubs like this in the scale. No, what no, are you talking about? Yeah. So, uh, uh, nobody, yes. nobody pays a collegiate bonus in this division, guys. Come no, on. there's well, th- maybe they should do. Then maybe that <laughs> might start some defending might break out. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday, it's Chesterton Hook against Sutton Athletic, Croydon against Rochester United, FC Armstead are at home to Staples Monarchs. Faversham Strike Force hosts Tooting Beck, Forest Hill Park meets Snodland Town, Greenways against Westside, Larkfield and New High that are home to Lewisham and Borough, uh, Lidtown are at home to Kent Football United, Meridian VP against Stansfeld, and a two o'clock kickoff as SC Thamesmead meet Brydon Ropes. There's also a game on. No, there's not a game on Friday. Uh, so, yeah, so some excellent football going on here, and, and uh, yeah, really, really enjoying it. Croydon top of the, of the league with Stansfeld two points behind with a game in hand. Larkfield are a new high, despite their horrific 0 0 draw uh, on 13 points in third. And Sutton Athletic, uh, much like here with Belvedere, 100% record, but they've only played the four games. But again, Matt, already this is shaping up to be a, a, a really, really intriguing season. They're brilliant. I love looking at the scaffold results when I, you know, when I, when I get home after a game and see who's done it because you, you've got no idea what's going to go on, particularly how results can be. Sides can do it. It's like such a such a really exciting league, and uh, yeah, I think um, the scaffold must be absolutely delighted with the product they've got. They really, really should be. Well, that's pretty much it for the football chat. Uh... Oh, not much going on, mate. I'm into I'm into work mode. I'm, I'm looking forward to having a few days off uh, next week as well. But. Uh... Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's what, what are you, how many games have you got this week on the UEFA thing? I'm working six days in the next eight, so I'm going to be doing games. Anybody decent games again? 
Uh, I've got a couple of England games, so unfortunately oh, not. Really? No. Um, no. Yeah. Normally it's been. I, I say to my friends, it's it's really nice because you know when I'm working international nights, I don't have to watch England. And then this time I've lucked out and got a couple of England games. So that'll be Can interesting. You from home or are you going to the studio? Or going to I'm work? from home this week. So, uh, yeah, all still doing that at the moment. So no stress for me. No editing on the train. It'll just be editing here uh, when I get the chance. Uh, obviously, last Wednesday I went to see the gig. It was absolutely fantastic. So yes. that was uh, very good. Good to go down to Dreamland. Uh, they've got a really good setup, actually, for, for concerts. Although me and my mate did make the... Silly, silly mistake because obviously know the area pretty well. Um, parked up a little bit away, facing the right way. Thought that was a sensible thing to do. Then we went and got something to eat in Margate, and we walked back to the entrance of Dreamland, only to find that actually no, for the gig the entrance wasn't the entrance. It's the entrance around the side entrance. So we ended up having to. By the end of it, I'd done about twelve thousand steps walking around Margate, but it was uh, it was. Where did you go and eat? Completely worth. It. Um, we stumbled across a Thai restaurant. We because we went we looked in Weatherspoons, and honestly, there would have there was no point whatsoever in um in even contemplating getting in there because it was absolutely rammed as you would expect for a, a pub that knocks out cheap food and cheap booze on the seafront in uh, in any seaside place but so we started walking along towards the old town then we just saw a sign for mama Ginny's thai kitchen oh, uh, it's just tucked away down a side street not far from where primark used to be oh yeah and uh, saw the sign and said oh let's go and look at the menu Went down, saw the menu, said, well, that'll do. So we nipped in. When we walked in there, there was only two other people in there. When we left, it was full. So uh, it was obviously the hip and happening place to be uh, in Margate last Wednesday. But, yes, I very much enjoyed it. So if you're in the area, it's tucked away. But it's worth finding. Mama Ginny's Thai Kitchen. Uh, my wife likes a bit of Thai food. So uh, we'll do that. What's that? This, the venue, it's an outdoor venue. How many people could be there? I think it was 5,000 capacity. So um, it, it sold out, was it? It wasn't quite sold out, but there was a lot of people there. Um, yeah, it was outside. So the stage... Uh, was built up right next to the Ferris wheel and uh, just in front of the uh, scenic railway. And you had the big, you know, the big flashing thing that comes up Dreamland all the time. Oh, yeah. That was basically next to the, where the stage was. So it was, it was, so you could see that all through. Uh, but it was nice. It was, it was a, a big gig, but it had an intimate feel. And it was, you know, it was just so good to see live music again. Because I love live music. Yeah, they, well, they did. Yeah, yeah, let's not talk about it. They played a lot of very good songs. It was the first time they'd played uh, any of the songs off the new album. Uh, and I think he said it was the first gig in 678 days. Uh, so, you know, and they, they thoroughly enjoyed it. Every time I looked up, they were, all three of them were just beaming smiles because I think they were just so happy to be back. And it was, oh, it was a fantastic gig. It was, and it was really, really good. So I, I very much enjoyed it. Any other gigs that. coming there, are they? Could you, you couldn't use this in the middle of November. It would be too cold, would it? No, yeah, I wouldn't imagine. I think the Kaiser Chiefs are there this weekend. Oh, all right. Um, from from memory, because I saw some posts. Well, I predicted right then in Margate. Hey, yeah, very good. But no, do you know, I've seen them a couple of times. They're very, very good as yeah. well. So if it wasn't miles away, I'd probably consider that. But no, uh, yeah, really good night, really good venue, really, really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, all, all good. Uh, obviously, on the way, on the buzz of Kent cricket as well. well no, we're a football podcast, but uh, not only have they reached finals day, uh, the Super Spitfires, but they also, at the moment, are absolutely destroying Leicestershire in this county championship game that they're playing. Uh, Darren Stevens this morning hit an unbelievable century uh, to set Leicestershire nearly 400 runs to win the game. Uh, bad light stopped playing not long ago uh, with Leicestershire 20 for six. I think Kent might win that one. So enjoying that, uh, enjoying proper You're not cricket go being to the, back. Edge Baston then. Do you know, my mate texted me and said, oh, do you want to go? And I was like, I'd love to. But obviously with work here, I'm not going to get there because I, I won't be able to leave here until at least 11 o'clock. Oh, right. And 
there's three hours up to it. Are they playing the first or the second game? They They're in yet? the second game, uh, I understand. What time is that? Two o'clock, job is it? At two o'clock, but I just think it wouldn't. It, it's just too much, unfortunately, because I'd bloody love to go. Because I was there when they won it yeah. in 2007. All oh, right, uh, yeah. And I'd love to be there if they won it again. But uh, I'll just have to settle for watching it in front of the telly. So. Mm. But, you know, that's when life takes over, mate. As yeah, sure exactly. Yeah, you can't have everything in life, can you? 2000 no, you really... and how old were you then? Not very old then, were you? No, 2007. Young, free and sort of single. Uh, yeah, I was all of those things. Yeah. And I'm really none of those now. No, so yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. That just shows how life has changed. Anyway. Uh, what have I been watching on the telly? Not really, no. We've been, we watched, there was a drama that was repeated from seven years ago. So we watched that called Undeniable. Um, with Claire Goose in it, so we watched that last week. And then there's a few things started this week, isn't there? There's a Stephen Lawrence thing started. Vigil, oh, yeah. I haven't watched. I've got that tape. People say Virgil's quite good. We've been watching a new thing on Amazon, um, All right. which is the uh, basically Nicole Kidman's in it, and it's Nine Perfect there. Strangers. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's on the list. We're going to watch it. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, quite good. Quite funny. Quite yeah, interesting as well. So, and I also I've started watching one. Um, it's an American comedy which is apparently the new breaking bad that's what the thing is basically this like it's um this woman lives in her husband's sort of life as in like you know those american sitcoms are all cheery yeah but outside of that it's all very dark so i think right. it's something to do with them i want to kill kevin and she would get fed up with her husband so i've got onto that as well so that's on yes. amazon so amazon's winning the winning the awards at the moment I've, i'm sure to support have you ever watched this is us on amazon yeah my mum's watched that Oh, it's brilliant. Get, get it watched. She loves that one. It's uh, unbelievable. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, we're, we're up to date with that now. But that's, uh, yeah, that's one of my favourite programmes at the moment. Anyway, we've been going on this for a long time. We had a lot of technical problems at the start. So hopefully uh, you might have noticed. Yeah, but I mean, it's I not as if I'm the start. IT expert. It's quite good, I thought. I, I think it's all there. I'm sure it's all there. So <laughs> if it's not, then you'll have to make it all up again, won't you? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, from what I could see, the recording never stopped. So I was just standing here chatting to myself. And then... Um, I can, I'll be able to hear you phoning me up to discuss the problems uh, that we've had. But anyway, hopefully it's all come to pass and uh, the show has been very good. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Nonny Podcast. I am at John Phipps 81 uh, Matthew is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, so do give us both a follow and feel free to get in touch with anything you want to talk about in Kent Nonny Football because we really do like talking about it, as you probably gathered from this what, hour and a half epic that we've just put together for you uh, here on the Kent Nonny Podcast. But yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to all of our guests. Massive good luck to everybody this weekend, especially the teams in the FA Cup. May the best team win between Corinthian and Folks and Victor. And I hope Matt has a nice day uh, and they look after him up there as well. But thank you everybody for listening and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only Podcast. 180! Oi, oi, oi.